Super Talk Mississippi media production. Taylor Swift is coming to New Orleans, and Margaritaville Resort Biloxi and Super Talk are giving away a free pair of tickets. For your chance to win, go register now at Margaritaville Resort Biloxi and get your name in for the final drawing from Margaritaville and Super Talk 103.1. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Hope you're having a great day and you hope you had a great weekend. If there's a theme for Coast View over the last couple of weeks, has been we spent a lot of time talking about the value of shopping local. So when I talk about Coast View being the place you come to, where we celebrate the men and women who are working so hard to make coastal Mississippi such a better place to live, work, and play. The role that local business owners play in this conversation, not just in terms of the businesses that they own and the taxes and the amount of money they're giving back to the community. You know, I shared a statistic last week that said that of every dollar spent locally, 80% of it stays local in so many different ways does it stay local. Um, I've shared some really important quotes over the course of the last couple of weeks, but two of them really apply to the conversation we're going to be having today, and uh, we'll get to today's guest in uh, in just a second. Very special show today, but the first one is this, that every time you spend money, you're casting a vote for the kind of world you want. I love that, and uh, for the regular listeners, you've heard me share that a couple of times now. But we are casting a vote for the kind of world we want. When we think about coastal Mississippi being this collection of communities and uh, the small businesses that exist in each of these communities are what creates that sense of place. They're the people who are working. It could be artists. It could be restaurants. It could be small business owners. It can be a wide variety of people. But the reality is what they're doing and what they're contributing to coastal Mississippi is extremely important. So, you know, some people will say they don't buy their stuff from Amazon. And if they tell you that, they're not probably not telling you the truth. Some people buy more, some people buy less, but, but, you know, that box shows up at your front door and there's a convenience around it and that's important. But I think, you know, when you vote, when you spend your money locally, you are, you are casting a vote for the kind of community you want to create. And then the one quote that I really loved, and I think it's very special and it's important is that you cannot buy happiness, but you can buy local. That's sort of the same thing. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. Uh, and, you know, local merchants will definitely tell you that. Listen, there are two people that I have mentioned in the last week or so that I think are great examples of people who are entrepreneurs who have done good things in their businesses but are just literally committed their lives to giving back to the community. And I'm so pleased today to have them both on this show together. They've both been on the show before separately. But Jamie Bates, my my good friend, we used to work together at the Sun Herald. He owns Daddy's Barbecue. He's also a professional photographer, and he's done a lot of work. And we'll get into some of the community work that, that he's done here in just a second. And then my friend John Ray, we told the story of the, the work that he and his two sons are doing to, to run Gulf Coast Business uh, Furniture and Supply Company. And the work that Jamie and John do together in the community with others is very inspiring. And we're going to, again, we're going to get back to that in just a second. So without any further ado, let me welcome John and Jamie to Coast View. How are you guys doing? Good morning, Ricky. We're good. How are you? So you're sitting, John, tell me where you're sitting right now. We are sitting in my conference room inside the uh, office furniture showroom on uh, 144 84 Dito Road. 
Well, people who are not watching on Facebook or YouTube or Super Talk TV, uh, what you would see if if you were watching is they're sitting at a table, and behind them is a nice glass panel and uh, a very modern you know showroom that you have there. You've really done some work over the last few years to to make that sort of a state of the art showroom, haven't you? Yes, sir. Um, about two and a half years ago, right before COVID, we made a commitment to get more into the contract furniture world because there was very little local competition. And um, after speaking with several different lenders across the coast, uh, came up with a plan to borrow from three of them, actually. So we're scratching three local uh, finance companies' backs, all while uh, totally renovating the building, having a 7,000 square foot showroom, putting an interior design department in and really just stepping it up and having a place on the Gulf Coast that somebody could come and buy quality office furniture at a great price. Well, John, what I love about your plan, and you mentioned some of that to me when we were together before, but I had the opportunity, you know, the Sun-Herald at one point was, um, you know, we had, we were able to make a lot of local decisions to buy where we wanted to buy from. And we would, you know, we would always seek good prices, but we'd buy a lot of our stuff locally. But as we became part of corporations, then they would develop these national contracts and we would we would sort of be forced when it came to things like office furniture and some other stuff. We did forced to buy things from these national companies. What you've done, and what is so impressive about what you've done, is that you've created sort of a local ability to compete with the national guys with the same kind of national capabilities that they have, so that you can put companies that may be in a situation where they're really definitely looking for the lowest price. You put yourself in a position to be able to compete. And do it so in a in a, an incredible way. When you talk about contract furniture, you're talking about developing a relationship with a company that might be expanding or renovating, and giving you the ability to come in and serve all of their furniture needs, not just one time, but maybe over a course of history, in a very competitive way. And that's going really well for you, hasn't it? Yes, sir. Um, just just the concept of uh, do you have a company local that can. Uh, get on the same playing field with an Amazon. And often, uh, I think everybody needs to know this, Amazon, when it was in its early stages, uh, really, really had some great deals out there and it's kind of almost playing the come and uh, a lost leader, if you will, uh, for years with the strategy of let's get everybody on board, get them buying from us. And then, uh, you know, naturally the, Progression of increase in prices slowly but surely over years. Uh, they're they're making money. They're building big buildings out there, uh, and they're making an awful lot of money. But local companies like myself that have the wherewithal and the vision to look forward and say, you know what, we might only make five percent, ten percent on an item today, but it keeps those customers coming back to us, uh, and we can make a little bit more on an item. Uh, often because Amazon's prices have gone up and their guarantees uh, aren't guarantees anymore. The prices change daily and uh, we uh, we just take pride in being able to say, yes, sir, we'll match any Amazon price out there or any big box store price out there with the understanding of, hey, it'll keep them coming back and giving us a call tomorrow. Well, I was impressed with the, the family approach you took to your business with your sons, Wes and Jake, uh, involved in the business, if I remember those names right. But what, what, what I really, really enjoyed learning about your company is how 
you uh, you're willing to turn on the dime. You you have a wide variety of um, of capabilities in your company. I think just the just the the conversation we just having about contract office, uh, furniture. Uh, you've uh, you know, from education to healthcare supplies to business supplies. You've really built a multifaceted company there, haven't you? Yes, sir. Uh, our slogan is we sell that too, T O O, and we we really mean that. Uh, years ago, Ricky, I had a premonition before any of the internet stuff was really taken off. Was you know why couldn't I be uh, considered naming my company my purchasing agent? Uh, let me just tell me what you're looking for and let me go do all the necessary footwork and legwork to uh, find the best product for you and then get back with you and give you a price. And regardless of where I find it or how I find it, as long as I can get it to you and it's a great price, then often, um, you know, the customer is going to buy it. So that's kind of the approach we've taken. And we've got an incredible amount of resources that allow us to uh go out and become a person agent for anybody out there. And that means from the smallest business on the coast to the largest business on the coast. We'll do yeah, that. That's awesome. And congratulations on your success. I know it's a competitive world you live in, but when you can hit on a bunch of cylinders and have a family business and, and, and also significantly give back to the community the way that you do, we'll get into that in just a second. You're completing the circle and you're making a compelling case for why people should shop local and uh, your story, and as we'll get into more of the details of that here in just a second, uh, is so compelling and uh, such a great example of what we want other businesses to do, and we want we want we want consumers to to have this in mind when they shop local. Jamie, can let's move over to you for a second. You and I've had many good visits here on Coastview, but let's just assume that no one has ever heard you and me talk before. But uh, we worked together at the Sun Hair for many years. You're one of the most passionate journalists that I knew. You're a terrific photographer. You've since you've left the company, you've parlayed that in your professional uh, career as a as a photographer. And your daddy's barbecue has sort of taken on a life of its own. But um, you know, you're you're an entrepreneur too, man. And you've you've made made a darn good go of it. And uh, why don't you tell people more about what you're involved in these days? Yeah, the short of it is, you know, I'm still in photography. It's shifted from journalism to weddings and corporate and, and portraits. Um, we do photos with Santa and kids. Uh, those have wrapped up for the year, but it's a whirlwind weekend that we do with Eddie McDaniel. And <clears throat> really enjoy taking pictures still. And I think it's important, no matter what you're doing, that you have a love for it. And, and I still do with photography and um, the pandemic. In March, really February of 2020, I started figuring that there might be a need to, to do something a little different for a while. Um, so we adapted and started cooking. Um, we rent a kitchen, we do pop-ups with Daddy's Barbecue. So our customers pre-order whole meats and sides. We've got ribs, brisket, pork loins, pork butts, you name it. We do Hams, hams, <laughs> John likes the ham. <laughs> <laughs> they, they are pretty popular. Um, hey, hey, why don't we do this? Let's do this. I don't want to. I, I want to make sure we give them enough time for you to talk more about your business. But when we come back, we'll continue our conversation with community, absolutely community, dedicated community leaders, Jamie Bates and John Ray. We'll see you after this after this break. Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. 
His love for the coast is why he's here. It's Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. I have John Ray from Gulf Coast Business Furniture and Supply Company, really dedicated community leader. He gives back to the community. And this show is a lot about giving back and shopping local. And then we also have Jamie Bates, who he describes himself as it relates to Daddy's Barbecue as the owner, the pit master, the dishwasher, the kind of you're the jack of all trades in your company. But you were describing the various whole meats that you cook. And obviously, my wife and I have enjoyed them ourselves. But it is... um, it's not. It's you know. It's not a small operation that you got. You got going there. Tell me. Tell people about the scale of it. So it, it all started with um, these really large commercial smokers that we had for disaster relief cooking. Um, John and I partner to help the Giving Back Foundation and other or, other organizations whenever disasters strike to go and feed. So I had these smokers uh, that I purchased primarily for that. And when the pandemic hit, uh, put them to work. Our, our large smoker, I believe, is the largest smoker in, in South Mississippi. It'll do up to 190 pork butts or hams at a time. Um, so it's it's pretty massive. Um, have some other cooking equipment. Uh, we rent a kitchen. We cook. We do these pop-up events where our customers pre-order. We've got a VIP list on Facebook, so you get first notice of what we're doing um, for Thanksgiving. We've had a you know a great week. Um, really enjoy doing the holiday cooks. We do turkeys. We'll do those again for Christmas coming up and uh, staddiesbarbecue.com. And, you know, it's uh, I do a lot of the cook days by myself. Um, sometimes I have assistants that pick up with my wife or some some friends that help. Sometimes on cook days we have help. But mostly it's me. And I've really enjoyed the art of the details in, in the barbecue and, and learning to perfect just every little thing that I can related to cooking. And so I, I get bored easily, I guess. And so I, I enjoy working um, both photography and the barbecue. They give me different aspects of, of a work environment. And I, and I enjoy both of them, of them a lot. Well, John mentioned a few minutes ago how the pandemic, you know, uh, uh, allowed him to sort of sharpen his capabilities as a business. But I could say the same thing about you, that with the way you launched this entrepreneurial effort, of uh, this massive cooking effort around whole meats is that uh, you, you really kind of re- responded in a way to say, okay, the ordering system, how does that work? How do you, how do you account for everybody? How do you make sure that you make it easy for people to pay and all these different things that you did? But what I want people to realize is that you're not someone who just came out of left field and decided to do some cooking. And, and frankly, when you talk about your disaster cooking, uh, you were, you were tapping into a network of, people who do specialize in barbecue. I mean, along the way you have, you've created your own barbecue sauces. You, I mean, this is, this is something that was an inspiration in your family to get into this business. Yes. My, my dad started it. He had a dream to do something other than the, the small commercial print shop that he owned. He was a little burned out with that. So he started, started cooking. I go with him on the weekends uh, and cook at festivals and different events. And it evolved into a love for barbecue. And he spent about three years developing our seasoning and and uh, sauce, we expanded on that a little bit uh, with some other products. But I really tried to to continue his love for barbecue. It's he's gone now, but he's it's a connection with my my parents. He had a little little rib shack in the middle of nowhere in Walthall County, and um, my parents also enjoyed giving back to the community. And so 
you know, if, if, if we're listening as young people, our, our parents often have some things to, to teach us. And, um, and I've just tried to keep their legacy alive and, and do my best to create one for myself. Well, Jamie, you, you know this, and we've talked about this before, and I've shared my point of view about this, but in my work in the community, and I, you know, I've had over 800 conversations here on Coast View, you know the work that I did in the community when I was the publisher of the Sun-Herald after Katrina and so on. Very, very few times in my career did I ever cross paths with someone like you. I mean, someone who was so faithful and so focused and so selfless in his commitment to the community. It's... Uh, it's amazing the inspiration that you are, and and all you want to do is make a difference, whether it's in your disaster relief efforts or whether it's working in the homeless community or any number of other ways that you have helped. And then it's, it's so interesting to me, and I could give you so many different examples, but the, but you got you two are great examples of how two guys that don't even know each other, someone introduces you, and this 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 commitment to the community. And the very specific skill sets you bring to the table creates sort of this marriage made in heaven in a way. Um, divine intervention is what I would prefer to call it. But you, you, I shared this with John when John and I shared had uh, an hour together. But you, know, you wrote of him that he serves without reservation. That you know whatever he whatever he's asked to do, he never says no. It is a uh, special when people like you two, and and you you two are just examples of the resiliency I talk about on the show all the time. There are so many others like you, where they relationships build and ways to help the community build. Uh, it's a servant's heart, and you guys sort of uh, personify that. But this marriage, this this marriage that is one of divine intervention of the two of you, John, Ray, and Jamie Bates, it's a special bond that you've created, and you're able to do great things. John, why don't you speak to that first? Well, I think I told you this, Ricky, uh, when we met before and had our interview a couple of years ago, the early parts of the pandemic, but um, when I came across Jamie, uh, Ted Riemann uh, with Feed My Sheep, introduced us because I was buying bicycles and things for kids at Christmas. And then I was going down to feed my sheep and bringing a bunch of coats that I would buy from Hudson's or Treasure Hunt and just doing whatever I could. And then Ted put us together and uh, we just sat down and talked about this Camping for Hope idea and just kind of had a connection. And by the way, I'm the pitcher. I'm not the catcher over here. So <laughs> this marriage you keep talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, for sure. I mean, but it's amazing how much of a difference it makes. John, what, I mean, uh, Jamie, why don't you speak to what this relationship means to you? Well, thank you first for your, your kind words, Ricky. You know, um, I, I think our partnership, our friendship um, really is representative of what community should be. Um you know, John and I were doing two separate efforts with friends and, and work, you know, employees trying to help the homeless where we could. Um, Ted Riemann brought us together. We've created Camping for Hope as a as a distribution event for winter supplies for our homeless community every December. Uh, we should see about 150 homeless men and women that will come to that event uh, at Camping for Hope. We'll be downtown next to uh, Shaggy's and the Elks Lodge property. They're gracious to, to host that host us on their property there. Um, if you don't know about Camping for Hope, uh, we give out coats, sleeping bags, tents, hygiene kits, um, 
We do free haircuts. We serve them breakfast that we'll cook overnight, lunch to go. This year we're doing smoked hams for them. Um, there'll be biscuits that morning for the volunteers and for the for the uh, the homeless men and women that come. John's worked out a great arrangement with Coast CTA. They get free bus transportation to come to and from the event. But we couldn't do it without people supporting the effort. We have a ministry that's come on board in recent years. They collect all of the hygiene items. They bag them for us. They have now added uh, collecting 150 sleeping bags in what they do for us. And so um, we couldn't do it without community. You know, and, and Ted Riemann bringing us together was, was a godsend. But I really feel like when community comes together for positive good, um, the possibilities are, are limitless. And, it's, you know, I, as you know, this has been the theme of many of the shows that you and I have had together, Jamie. But what we've learned, I mean, we knew this before, and I think it's part of our history. You know, it might be the floods in the Mississippi Delta. It might be challenges that that the poor community has when there's a high inflation and you know literally having to make choices about whether they buy pay for electricity or whether they you know pay for food it could be you know big events like hurricane katrina which i've often referred to as an equal opportunity destroyer redefined poor in so many different ways uh but but the fact is that we've learned that when the going gets tough, our, our community steps forward and the community is focused on helping each other and politics don't matter anymore and division doesn't matter anymore. We're just trying to do what we can to help each other. We learn a lot about the thousand points of light that, that the former President Bush talked about so often that it takes a thousand points of light to make a community like ours tick. And to some extent, one of the reasons why I think we were pretty resilient during the pandemic is that we faced adversity before. We know how to face adversity. And we know that you can have all these formal organizations out there, but it's all these people like you and John and others like you that are filling the gaps. There's so many gaps in the community. And, and for it'd be, I'd be interested, what we'll do, I think we're coming to the end of this segment. What I'd be interested in hearing, Jamie, from you, and John, you can add whatever you want to to it as well. But when you have a servant's heart, you're talking about the homeless community now and efforts around that. And we'll come back to that in a second so that people can know how they can participate and, and give to that effort. But when you, when you think about when you have a servant's heart and you make you make observations in the community it's a burden because you want to make a difference and we can never have enough volunteers i say it all the time on this show but when we come back we'll continue our conversation with john ray and jamie Bates. we'll see you after this break Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. 
Welcome back to Coastal. You cannot buy happiness, but you can buy local, and that's kind of the same thing. I just think that's a great quote. It really speaks well to the conversation we're having now with John Ray and Jamie Bates. Uh, every time you spend money, you are casting the vote for the kind of world you want. And when you when you spend money for local merchants, I mean, think about it. We've had this conversation many times over the last week or two, but you know, who do you think sponsors local soccer teams and baseball teams and 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 helps helps when they need volunteers at United Way or any number of other organizations? How do you how do you think that you, if you don't have successful business people who are willing to do whatever they need to do to make their businesses strong, like John Ray and Jamie Bates, then you don't have, you know, they will not have the ability to give back to the community as extensively as they do. When we went to break, we were talking to Jamie about the thousand points of light that exist in any, in any community. I think we have a bit of a leg up on most communities just because we've had to go through the worst, worst natural disaster in American history. And there's something that you learn about your neighbors or something that you learn about yourself. You, you you think you've worked hard, and then suddenly something like Katrina happens, right, Jamie? And then so, suddenly you realize, holy mackerel, I didn't really know what work was. I didn't know what it meant to have this many sleepless nights and still be able to make a difference. We learned a lot about ourselves in that aftermath, didn't we? A lot of 18, 20-hour days. We sure did. So as you're moving around with the servant's heart and you see needs in the community, how do you process it all? Because I know that you're you're probably internalizing every observation you make. You know, one day at a time. My grandfather always taught me to live one day at a time. You know, I try to plan, but the reality is um, I just I want to give back where I can in positive ways, uh, you know, filter through the noise that sometimes gets in the way. But at the end of the day, uh, I want to be involved in, in efforts that, that help people in the community. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a Christian, proud of that. And you know, our um, our ministry, Gulf Coast Community Ministries, is now the host for, for Camping for Hope. I serve with a, a number of great people on the board at Gulf Coast Community Ministries. And we have a, a food pantry, homeless services, free medical clinic for uninsured adults. We couldn't do any of those things without local people, local business people, local individuals giving of their time and resources, volunteering, um, financially supporting us. The ministry wouldn't exist without without that support. So and, you know. and as I've learned in conversations with you and Leonard Papania and people like him, that there may never be a complete solution to the homeless community. But when you start to understand the challenges that these people have, it might be financial, it could be psychological, it could be you know some kind of dependency. We, there's a lot of reasons why these people have challenges. But if it weren't for organizations like yours, if we weren't for people who focus on the community, the situation would be so much worse. And we cannot, we too often as a community sort of, it's out of sight, out of mind. We don't want to have to think about it because it's hard to think about it. Um, what do you say to people when they say, you know, they'd rather not be aware of it? But what do you, how do you, how do you make them come to the realization that it can't be out of sight, out of mind? We have to focus on it. You know, we're commanded to love one another, and I believe that um, support for people when they need it is important. Obviously, there are going to be cases where some people are taking advantage of the system. Uh, you can't let that stop you from helping people who are in, in desperate need. Uh, there's a, a picture that I shared on my Facebook page and, and video the other day of 
Now, this guy right here, giving the jacket off of his back to a homeless guy in downtown Gulfport at Camping for Hope a few years ago. Um, you know, we, we help, I believe, when we're when we're called to do so. Um, There's the picture. Would you we see really, it to me? I just wanted to show it. It's a picture of John literally taking a Green Bay a Green Bay jacket and giving it to a homeless guy. Talk talk about what was going through your mind at the time, John. Hmm. Well, it was toward the end of one of our events two or three years ago, and um, <clears throat> a small gentleman walked up with a Green Bay Packer hat on, and we were wrapping things up, and he, he had a small jacket, and it was awful cold that day. And, you know, I just picked up on the fact and asked him if he was a Green Bay Packer fan, and then Jamie got involved, and um, I, I, heck, it just came off. It just came off, Ricky, and it's you know just something that God put on my heart. And uh, not only that, just all the other things that He puts on my heart to help those that are less fortunate. So, uh, came pretty simple. Uh, I didn't think much about it, and it's kind of been a mainstay of uh, who Camping for Hope is uh, ever since. Um, well, it uh, it sort of it personifies. Thank goodness, so many, so many who volunteered their time in the community. The whole notion of you will literally give them the shirt off your back, because you realize you're more fortunate. And um, and for those who are more fortunate, to be able to always keep those who are less fortunate in mind, that's what builds a great community. I mean, you cannot ignore the reality that that there are challenges in any community. And again, that's I think that's why. I think I really do believe, Jamie, when I say this, that we have a leg up on a lot of communities and that we know that, you know, we've when we're challenged, we, we do care about our neighbor more. We do f focus more on the needs in the community. And we do know that we're on, only going to be as strong as a set of communities as our weakest link. And we've got to always be aware of that. And it makes a big difference when you focus on it. But do you, do you feel like that we have a, a more a depth of understanding around this this reality? I think we do. You know, and one thing I believe is, you know, we have a lot of organizations like Gulf Coast Community Ministries that are focused on helping in different ways. Feed My Sheep provides a hot meal. You know, we provide um, free medical care several days a month and, and homeless services like Camping for Hope. But in, in Leonard, you spoke to Leonard about Leonard Papania. One thing he's really done a good job of is, is trying to put energy into finding a comprehensive approach to, to solving our, our homeless issues here on the coast. And I don't know what the answer is exactly, but I, I feel like it lies in, in great organizations working together to help people become whole again. And that, that in, you know, encompasses hunger, uh, warmth, shelter, uh, mental health care, medical care. All those things I think are important to, to getting a person back to where they need to be, to be a productive member of society and to finding peace and happiness within, within their lives. If we're just putting Band-Aids on, on our homeless problems, um, we're going to continue to do that. But there are a lot of housing initiatives. Mental Health Association of South Mississippi is a, is a great community partner in finding housing for, for homeless individuals who have mental health challenges, including depression, uh, sometimes more severe. But their social workers work with these individuals to, to help get their paperwork, get disability if they need it, an ID. We help furnish their apartments when we can. Um, I just think, you know, the community coming together with a, with a real focus on addressing our homelessness issues is, is the answer. 
Yeah, you mentioned, you know, we, we've mentioned Leonard Papania. For people who don't know who he is, he's the former chief of police for the city of Guffhorn. He's now the current chief administrative officer uh, for the city of Guffhorn. In fact, he was on the show about a week ago talking about the uh, the seafood festival that they had and and it and it by the way it went off really well but you can look that up you can look at look up a number of conversations that I've had with Leonard over the years uh, Leonard Leonard Papania Coast you put that in a YouTube or Facebook search and it'll pop up you'll enjoy those conversations but again just another example of someone who says I can't just be aware of that and not do something to take all these all this what I've learned about this community and all these players let's bring them all together in some coalition and let's think about what we can do to solve the problem. And um, so, John, what, what keeps you ticking? You know, I, I heard what you just said about, about Jamie. Sometimes, and I thought this often as a publisher, when someone would come in and offer, ask us to help them in an effort, a lot of times it would be, I, certainly I was inspired by the effort, but a lot of times I was inspired by the person asking. And I said, gosh, if that person's committed, I got to be committed too, because I'm inspired by their commitment. Is that sort of the relationship you have with Jamie? Absolutely, Ricky. Um, you know, when, when Jamie and I got together first, I was just uh, out of a divorce and had an awful lot of unexpected free time on my hands and just looking for something to do in the community. And, and you know, when, when we got together, uh, kind of filled that void. Uh, I, I used that time that I used to spend with my kids on the practice fields and uh, coaching them ball. And uh, when I when I couldn't have them, of course, and then uh, pretty lonely, looking for something to do. God just put it on my heart to uh, go to these soup kitchens and start helping out. And sooner or later, we met. And w- one thing I'd like to mention about the, you know, why we do what we do, and and maybe the the perception from uh, a lot of people along the coast, a lot of people in in the world, is that possibly we might be enabling these guys. Uh, and that's so far from the truth because, you know, when we're sitting at the pearly gates and we're trying to get in, I'm pretty sure the homeless guy right next to me has got the same criteria as I do. And um, it's a lot of times people don't look at it that way. So, you know, I, I, that's such a beautiful point. I think you're, you're so right. They, as Jamie pointed out, for a bunch of different reasons, they just haven't, uh, they're, they're just less fortunate at the, in this moment. And the good news is that actually some are able to move on. And and when the organizations work together to give them the opportunity to get out of the situation, oftentimes they're able to do that. Some aren't, but many are. And I love this whole notion of redemption and providing opportunity, helping people sort of overcome their challenges so they can become productive citizens again. When we come back to this conversation with John Ray and Jamie Bates, we'll talk more about this event coming up. We'll see you after this. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. I have my friends John Ray and Jamie Bates, who I used to work with at the Sun Herald. Always admired him greatly and gotten to know John over the last couple of years and obviously admire him as well. But hey, during the conversation that we were having while we we're on break, sometimes I wish we could just go ahead and record those because it's great. I mean, because we're reflecting on the kind of people that takes the step up in a community and how they exceed your expectations and 
you can never assume someone's not going to give. The moment you do that, it's the moment they want to give. So you just have to assume that everybody's got a giving heart, a servant's heart. One of the people we mentioned was Kevin Coggins from Coast Transit. John, what, what do you want to say about Kevin and his role? Well, <clears throat> several years ago, uh, before this got so big, uh, we felt like it was getting bigger and bigger, and we weren't able to reach everybody uh, along the Harrison County borders and uh, even into Jackson a little bit and maybe Hancock. But um, Jamie suggested that I reach out to a customer of mine, Coast Area Transit, and find out if they'd be interested in helping uh, transport homeless people uh, to and from the event. And when I reached out, uh, without hesitation, uh, almost didn't have to even ask. He just said, you know what, tell me what you need. Tell me when it's going to be. Give me the bus passes and I'll take care of the rest. And the rest is truly history. Uh, every year, I send him a brief email, says it's at that time of year. And uh, again, without hesitation, he says, get me the bus passes and uh, we'll, we'll take care of them from six o'clock that morning till about two o'clock that afternoon free bus rides are given to anybody that needs to get to and from camping for hope to uh, yeah that, that's awesome and, and I, again i got to work closely with kevin after hurricane katrina and really admire the work that he's doing it's amazing man here here he is still swinging after all this time wow it's amazing takes it takes a village to make a community like ours tick for sure hey well, jamie why don't you go review some of the some of the details of Camping for Hope and also what do you need? Yes, so uh, Camping for Hope, we're usually first weekend in December. It's gonna be December the 3rd this year, six, six o'clock in the morning, we'll wake up, bring out the supplies that have been donated. Seven o'clock, we'll have uh, free breakfast for volunteers and homeless. Um, eight o'clock, the supply line will open. Usually we have a lot of uh, adult men and women who've lined up well before that we'll open with prayer we'll remind them that we're there that we love them that god loves them we'll have tents sleeping bags hygiene kits winter coats um, our biggest need right now are winter coats blankets and tents um, most of us have coats and blankets in our homes that we could donate for the event um, maybe even a tent academy is a great source uh, you know uh, for tents and, and coats but um, those can be dropped off at John's business here on Dito Road, um, Monday through Thursday of this week. Uh, Gulf Coast Community Ministries at 3916 15th Street, specifically Tuesday and Thursday between 9 and 1130 a.m. if you want to drop off items. Um, and uh, BioView uh, Hardware in Gulfport is also a drop site. But those, those heavy coats, blankets, and, and tents are our biggest need right now. Well, here we are, Thanksgiving just behind us. We had a little really serious cold snap a week or so ago as a reminder of just how cold it can get in coastal Mississippi. We've got a stretch of milder weather, but it's going to get cold again. So go, you know, I would ask all, all our listeners and all those who are watching on Facebook to go check your closets, find those old coats that you're never going to wear again, get it to uh, Gulf Coast Business and Office Supplies, go, go to... Um, um, to give the address again of the yes, yeah. so Gulf Coast Community Ministries is 3916 yeah. 15th Street. We're across from West Elementary and Milner Stadium. 
Yeah. Tuesday and Thursday this week between 9 and 11.30 a.m. We'll have we'll have the critical information for this conversation on on Facebook as well. But, but you know, I think everybody's probably got a tent stored away somewhere where they said, you know, maybe I'll go back and use that someday. Well, you're not going to use it. Go get it out of your storage area and give it to this great need. Old blankets, man, that could be used. That could be very much appreciated if you would also donate those as well. But, um you can never have enough help from the community, can you, Jamie? No, no, you can't. And, you know, our goal with this event is to make sure that our homeless individuals stay warm and dry through winter. Um, I've seen through my work at the Sun-Herald and, and other media outlets and just helping in the homeless community, we often, unfortunately, have people who get wet, they get cold, and they die of hypothermia. And we want to do our best to prevent that. Yeah. John, were you going to add something a second ago? Ricky, one thing I'd like to mention is uh, now through next Wednesday, uh, actually now through next Friday, uh, if you would call my office, 228-831-1019, and let us know you have items that we can actually pick up. My drivers will come to an address as long as you've got it, uh, the supplies ready. Um, my driver will come pick up the stuff and bring back here to the office in case you're not able to get down here and drop off yourself. Well, that's a terrific commitment. Thank you for being willing to, to do that, John. Listen, guys, uh, as I mentioned to you during the break, this is the reason why I chose to do Coast U out of retirement. I still consider myself retired, but I mean, I get this is such a gift to be able to share stories like what you guys are doing, the opportunity to, to continue to shed light on the thousand points of light it takes to make a resilient set of communities like Coastal Mississippi Tech. John Ray and Jamie Bates, thank you so much for joining me today. Good luck for your upcoming efforts, but you know, just keep swinging for our community for many years to come. We appreciate you guys. Thank you, Ricky. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Have a great day, and we will see you tomorrow. Follow Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.